The following is a CSPN Media podcast presentation. Alright everybody, the name of the show is Beer It Is. My name is Nabias Wilborn and I'm here at the Carolina Barnhouse in Anderson, South Carolina, a.k.a. the Kakalaki, and we are here a stone's throw from the Clemson campus as they're getting ready to get in their bowl game, 2017, off to a good start, and I am here with one of the, art, the brewers of these artisan ales, as they call them, and we're going to talk about it, we're going to sip a couple, and he is going to put us on none other than Keiston Helfrich. So first of all, man, you gotta tell me, how the hell did you end up in Anderson, South Carolina? <laughs> um, born and raised outside of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Oh, nice. Um, you know, wife and I one day woke up and hated winter, so we moved south. Uh, moved to Asheville for five years. Nice. I saw the Asheville extension on the yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, decided that wasn't far enough south, so you <laughs> he's know. got a little bit of snow in Asheville. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, Still a little cold. Bit. Yeah. You know, got a job in Greenville. Ended up with a job in Anderson. Uh, moved here. Uh, it was a corporate gig. Wasn't real fond of it, so uh, kind of ended up here. Decided to start a brewery. So, okay, you're, you're from Pittsburgh. Right. So how many Primanti's Brothers sandwiches you eat over the years? Oh, I couldn't even count. <laughs> Hundreds Five, of them with the fries. Oh yeah. oh, yeah, man. Oh, that's yeah. good eating, man. But did you were you into the craft beer scene then, or did you get into it later? No, I got into the craft beer scene um, probably when I took a little side tour to Cleveland to go to college. Um, oh, nice. Okay. It was, it was right back when... Well, uh, where were you in school in Cleveland? Uh, Cleveland Institute of Art, and then Case yeah. Western Reserve University. Yeah, okay, so I lived in Cleveland. So okay, yeah, great. Yeah, I lived there for quite some time, too. Yeah, yeah. The land. So you drink a lot of Great Lakes. Oh, yeah, Great Lakes um, was, Thirsty that, Dogs. Uh, my craft beer gateway. It was Great Lakes. Well, what years was that, if you don't mind? Uh, that would have been 91 until 2001. Oh, yeah, so that, it literally was uh, Great yeah, Lakes. Yeah, it was, yeah, there was just, that they was were the it. only thing there. There was a brewery called Crooked River. I don't know if they're still yeah, there Yeah, they're anymore. not there, yeah. yeah. They, they had some couple good things, but yeah, yeah. um... Now in the Cleveland, help just on West Twenty Fifth. Oh yeah, it's for those you guys know, there's there's like eight breweries within three miles of mm-hmm. Great Lakes. When Great Lakes was that original spot on West Twenty Fifth, with nobody else was there. Yep, the only ones there. And now it's so much just brew pubs, brew houses, and everything. So. What were you drinking from Great Lakes? Do you remember? Uh, Great Lakes, Elliot Ness, Christmas oh, Ale, yes. Dortmunder Gold. Still Ooh. love Christmas Ale. I do yeah. too, man. Did you, did you do the powdered sugar or you just drank it straight? I drank it straight. I didn't want oh, powdered yeah. sugar. It was great the way it was, I thought. <laughs> Me too, man. That's still a good beer. And I actually barrel aging that beer now. Oh, that would be fantastic. Yeah, and they, there's this a whiskey company, Cleveland Whiskey, that makes um, distilled whiskeys and oh. bourbons and stuff. They, they do a Christmas sale whiskey. But then oh, they bought man. the barrel. Yeah, so the whiskey is amazing because it has those the same, the coriander, the orange, mm-hmm. and all those different flavors. And then they take those barrels and age the Christmas ale, Christmas ale into that. So oh, and they come in bombers. Yeah, yeah I, we'll, we'll talk after this. <laughs> I may be able to get you a bottle. All right, all right. Uh, it's a really good beer. But anyway, enough about that, man, because we'll talk about that all day. Just the Cleveland area experience of drinking craft beer. So you were drinking craft beer. In the nineties and two thousands, what oh, was yeah. it? What was it like then? Because it had to be like the, almost the dark ages of drinking craft beer, right? Um, it kind of was, but I mean, again, I was lucky to live in a city where they had something like Great Lakes back then. Right. So it wasn't just limited to what you get on the shelf. Because I don't even think um, they got Sierra Nevada Pale Ale back then. Probably not. No. Yeah, yeah the I mean, distribution it was, mostly was not. English beers. Um, like in Newcastle. Yeah, Newcastle. Bad. The original Bass Formula wasn't mm-hmm. bad. Um, a lot of Belgians. You know, we had a decent Belgian bar in town even back then. Yeah. So, and so from there, how did you get into brewing? 
Um, bought a kit about what, twelve years ago now. Oh my! Decided to try it out. You know the the canned syrups, yeah, extracts. Yeah, did a couple of those and mm-hmm. just you know started to read about all grain and decided didn't sound that hard. Just put together the kit, started doing it. You know, made a whole lot of bad beer for a while. Started to get better. Nice, nice. And then um, about <coughs> five or so years ago, I met my business partner David, and um, he was working on a project. At Clemson, the creative inquiry of one of the students where they were capturing and collecting wild yeast locally. Nice. So I was the first beta brewer for their testing because mm-hmm. I was making Belgian styles at the time. And, you know, he loved my beer and we, we started, uh, I started playing with those yeasts and I found after a while I was just using those yeasts exclusively. Wow. Just all these native fermented yeasts. And then we, you know, got to kicking around the idea that we could start a business doing this. And so, but let's get back into your brew story, right? Okay. So you're brewing can, you know, the packet that oh, yeah. says hops, oh, yeah. the packet that says There's grain, yeast, yeah. yeast yeah. and like there you said. There was no grain back then. No, yeah. It was not even grain. It was just <laughs> yeast flavor. <laughs> yeah. A little packet. Yeah. I mean, because anybody who's brewed, you kind of start on those to kind of see if you can actually figure the chemistry out. Right. Yeah. To do more than anything. Mm-hmm. But what was your first good beer that you brewed? Do you remember? Um... Honestly, I don't. <laughs> I think it really started to gel for me when I got away from brewing like pale ales, IPAs, ESPs, things like that. Started right. brewing the Belgian styles. I'd say probably my first saison that I made. Oh, saison. Okay, talk to me about that beer. Do you remember it? Um, I don't remember the particulars anymore. Mm-hmm. It was, um, you know, it was probably I was brewing all grain at that point. So it was probably Pilsner base. Nice. A um, little bit on malted local wheat. Because I was always the local ingredients mm-hmm. when I could get them, um, and probably just use something like a white yeast French saison. Yeah, and so you weren't using that many hops because it's a saison, right? So, yeah, yeah, and that probably made it a lot easier too because you weren't have to like sourcing hops at the time. True, true. Well, right. I mean, for Humber, it's a little easier because the Humber shops have a wide selection. True, and it's enough for what you guys do. Yeah. So now you go from the kit. You weren't even on the stove when the first kit, right? Oh, yeah, I was on the stove at home, you know, didn't have turkey. Boiling, it got a little bit of boil. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, it wasn't getting any real caramelization, just barely boiling the water. Yeah, it was a little yeah. soft, but just enough, you know. And so, what'd you go from that to? Uh, from that, I went and got the, the turkey fryer. Oh, yeah. You know, 15 gallon pot, did uh, nice. brew in a bag because that was hot back then. Because mm-hmm. I figured, you know, homebrewers are cheap. Mm-hmm. Right, <laughs> so, right, right. you know, I, I figured if I didn't need a mash ton or any of that, I could just mash in the kettle. So, tried that for a while. I mean, there, there are some breweries, some big breweries that, that mash in kettles, so... Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that's not unheard of. No, I mean, it's a fine method of brewing, I right. think. I mean, I, some days it's so much more expedient than... Right, it is. It's very efficient. And, and loudering and all that. I mean, you just... you, you What you lose is some efficiency when you're brewing a bag. Right. Which, for a homebrewer's trade-off, you know, yeah. how many more hours do you want out of your Saturday? Fair enough. <laughs> so... You were having from there, right? So you're brewing the stuff, mm-hmm. and you finally come up on a good couple of good ones. Yep. Then you meet, then you meet my man David. Yep. How did that come to deciding to get in the business? Um, that was just like I said. I started testing these strains, really enjoying what was happening, um, because they were yeast flavors, yeast character in the beer that I had never tasted before, mm. and really are 100 percent unique to this area. Mm. So that's, again, the whole local kick is, we, you know, I was creating beers that nobody else in the world could make, essentially, because they didn't have access to the materials at the time. Right. So, you know, started doing uh, Saison's, um, a wild farmhouse rye IPA with locally malted rye, wild yeast, 
Nice. You know, hops are still sourced from Pacific Northwest. Of course, yeah, I mean, it's where it hops is. come from. Yeah, and, it's, and they're all pelletized or whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, and by, by the way, guys, you know, um, I'm lucky have a nationwide listener base, so down south, generally, we, we just don't grow hops down here. No, they're trying. I mean, they're trying. Yeah. I mean, I know University of Florida, they're, they have, like, an indoor spot. I think Auburn's trying to do a couple things. Yeah, and West North hearing, Carolina, there's a bunch going on. Yeah, so I'm hearing, like, people are trying. It's just, you know, we're a little bit behind on the beer scene, you know, when it comes to that part of it, mm. so... You know, you're going to get the source. But speaking of being behind on the beer scene, one place where you'll be ahead on the beer scene each and every week is here on Beer It Is on the CSPN Network. My name is Nubias Wilborn. I am here at the Carolina Barn House. And it's B-A-U-R-E-N-H-A-U-S. And my man, Kirsten, will explain to us what that means, how it means, when we come back on the other side. We'll be right back. Hey, everyone. This is Classic of the CSPN. Do you like the podcast that you're hearing so far? Well, you can help us out. Keep our podcast free for you by shopping at Amazon. Visit our website, cspn.us. Then click on the Keep Our Podcast Free link at the top of the page. From there, you can shop for music, books, Blu-rays, DVDs, toys, jewelry, apparel, and much more. All with the discounts, quality, and shipping reputation that Amazon has to offer, and all through the CSPN. So, help us out. Go to CSPN.us, click on the Keep Our Podcast free link, and shop at Amazon through us. Do it today. All right, boys and girls, so we're back here. My name is Bias Woolborn here on Beard Is, back at the Carolina Barn House, and I love the way it's spelled. In fact, in fact, let's get into that spelling a little bit. Why just spell that way? Give us some. Sure. I have an idea, but let's tell the audience. Yeah, um, it, Barnhouse is essentially German for farmhouse. Mm-hmm. Um, Carolina farmhouse would just be a little too generic. So right, right. Carolina we, farmhouse. Yeah, yeah. We we look for spellings in other languages, and Barnhouse just seemed to fit because uh, we're looking at you know we brew some really old styles mm-hmm. of sour beer. We brew a lot of our own um, that we you know riff on old Belgian styles. So we wanted a name that was kind of rustic that fit what we call our rustic refined beers. So I, I, your name is Helfrich. Yes. That's German, obviously. Oh, yes. But, I mean, is that how you got into the German styles or Belgian styles? or? Um, no, I is, mean, when I started... Is it like an ancestral hat heritage? Um, I mean, there is a lot of uh, beer that runs through my family's blood. I mean, my grandfather <laughs> was an, uh, the chief accountant for Heilman back in Baltimore. <coughs> oh, yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, back with Ayo, Natty Bow, and uh, yes. Hams, mm-hmm. and a lot of those other brands. Yeah, people so. sleep on the good Natty Bows, man. Oh, yeah. You give me a good Natty Bow, and a nice warm day, it's all right. Yeah, then on my mom's side, you know, we had an antidote to beer distributorship in Pennsylvania. So, oh, wow. Yeah, a lot of beer in my blood. Nice. <laughs> so that's interesting. You mentioned distributors, man. So we're we're going to talk about the relationship with distributors and different things like that a little bit later. So okay. that's, it's kind of interesting. You kind of can see the game from both sides. But let's talk a little beer. I sure. just finished your stout. 10%, and it's beautiful. Yep. Like It's nitro it pours up glorious, nice cascade. Well, thank you. Tell us about this beer, man. Um, it's our Belgian-style imperial stout called Nacht, which is German for night, and actually the version you have has a wood-fired cold brew coffee in it, so they, we have mm. a roaster up in Clemson that roasts all their coffee beans over oak wood fire. Mm. So it's a completely different flavor from a lot of other coffees I've ever had. And then we cold brew that up. We put it in this big imperial stout base. It's, um, <clears throat> excuse me, it's uh, bourbon barrel aged. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, so, so we... What bourbon barrels did you use? Do you uh, This was Heaven Hill barrels. Oh, yeah. Heaven Hill, that's, that's the way to go. Oh, yeah. We've made it in Heaven Hill. We've made it in local distillery, mm-hmm. uh, Dark Corners barrels. Okay. We've made it in some barrels for 6 and 20 before. Yeah, I've seen a few of your barrels, and let's go from there. Let's get into your barreling program, because you guys brew on a three-barrel system. Right. Um, for the audience at home, that's nano brewing at its finest. Yes. We have been to Sweetwater, where they brew on a 400-barrel system. We've been to Southern Tier, where they brew on a 250 and we're here where it's a three-barrel system. Tell us about it. Tell us how it works. And just kind of give the audience, you know, as in layman terms as possible, how much beer you guys produce a year. Sure. I mean, we, we basically produce uh, three barrels at a time, which is a little over 90 gallons right. every batch. So, you know, 90 gallons is not a lot of beer. In it's the not a lot of beer. Things, nope. But it allows us the ability to experiment a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, so with the Imperial Stout, we actually have to do... Um, about three batches of it to fill the barrels because we boil it down so much to get the gravity up. Mm-hmm. So we actually end up coming out with a little under two barrels every time we brew it, about 60 gallons of beer Man. finished. That's not cheap to do. No, it's not. But, I mean, the beer's worth it, I think. Well, there you, know, there you we're, go. We're always going to do what's right by the beer. And, so. you know, that's, that's really appreciated because and I think that's an interesting thing because you get into, like, profit margins and, okay, well, how much can we make when we're making this expensive beer? But if you're not making good beer... People ain't going to come see you. Right, exactly. So, so we, we think the beer's got to be quality all the time. Because especially we're so small, you know, we can't cheat on anything. And speaking of cheating on anything, i tell you what you don't cheat on. You don't cheat on the weekly downloads on Beer It Is. My name is Tobias Wilborn. I am here at the Carolina Barnhouse, and I am rocking with my man, Keiston Helfrich. That's a beautiful name. This bearded beauty here, he's going to rock with us. <laughs> and... We're about to try another beer of his. I think it's the Strawberry... Yeah, strawberry Farmhouse Ale. Yes. Um, that's a rye-based Saison made with rye malted, malted rye from Riverbend Malt House in North Carolina. Nice. Um, it's a darker Saison-style beer. Okay. So a little bit of color malt in there, mm-hmm. a little caramel malt, uh, some caramel Munich. And then we aged that on about 200 pounds of strawberries Ooh. from a local grower just up the road. Nice. So let's get some of that. Sure thing. All right. Alright guys, so now, back on Beard Is, once again, more breaks than normal, but I really like kind of walking around this place. I'll tell you, it's a beautiful spot in Anderson, South Carolina, and it's the first, the maiden voyage of craft beer in this fine city. So, my man Keiston Helfrich is going to tell us how he came about this place, this spot, and making this place a reality. Yep, um, yeah, he's right, we're the first brewery in Anderson County. So, um, South Carolina beer is on the come up, man. Absolutely. Um, I chose, to, we chose to open in Anderson because we all live here, frankly. I yeah, mean, well, that, that's a that's selfish decision. We didn't yeah. want to drive to a bigger city to work. And, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, we, you know, we, we all live here. Everything we use is from this area, fruit wise. So, we decided that Anderson really needed someplace like this, its own brewery, because that's kind of like, you know, a mark of a town coming up. 
Is a craft brewery. Yeah. Absolutely. Get a yeah. Starbucks, get a craft brewery. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. We, we had some, we had a couple good craft beer bars, but then, you know, decided we need to push a little further and open a brewery here. So So what's been the reaction here? I mean, because prior I mean, obviously I mean there's Westbrook up in the upstate. There's not too far from here, Thomas Creek, which has become like a mm-hmm. stalwart of craft beer, been around twenty plus years. Oh yeah. Shout out to Tom Davis, shout out to Bill Davis, you know, that whole crew. But other than those two, I mean there's a couple little smaller places, but South Carolina just hasn't been known for it. It's not like Asheville. Where everybody knows Asheville. Right, yeah. And I mean we, we felt like we, we could have a little bit of that here. Mm. Do you guys feel like Anderson could become like the Maybe like, not the like Asheville. Asheville. No, I think we're definitely gonna be smaller. I mean yeah, you know, fine. Yeah, of course. I'm, I'm asking all my brewing friends to open a brewery here because more the merrier. Right. But I mean, you know, no, I will definitely be a, a more uh, relaxed environment than Asheville mm-hmm. for sure. So I mean, right now, there's so many breweries in Nashville, it's insane. Oh, it's crazy, I man. I like, going there. But... You throw a rock in you. Oh, yeah. I, I, I'm going up there soon, and this is what... Like, normally I plan these trips, I try to hit on the way up three or four places. I'm like, I go to Asheville, I'm going to go there for like three days. Oh, yeah. You, and can't, just you get can't possibly lo- hit them all. Yeah, you yeah. still can't hit them all. I mean, like, I have a buddy who went for a week, and... Was like, do I still miss some? Oh yeah, it's great. I mean, I love, I love the area up there, but it's just, it's a little uh, overwhelming. Yeah, yeah, I can imagine it is. Yeah. So, but you lived up there for a while. What are some places up there that you were drinking? In? And doing distro here, I mean, you get some Asheville beer, obviously. Oh yeah, we get most of the Asheville breweries distribute here now. So, you know, um, or they distribute or they're close enough by, we just run over the border and grab some. Fair enough. So, fair enough. You know, um, you know, really enjoy what Wicked Weed does. Really enjoy Burial. Um, huge fan of Highlands. Mm-hmm. Um, Highlands been around a long time doing it right. I mean, I still like French yeah. Broad. I mean, oh yeah, French Broad, oh, Green Man. Mm-hmm. You know, love their stuff. Um, a few new ones that I really enjoy. Um, you got Zebulon. Yes, up in uh, Weaverville. Mm-hmm. Fantastic stuff. And they got a cool environment up there too, man. Oh yeah. And speaking of environments, man, this place has got a cool little scene. It's like it's like kind of downtown. This is like. Right in downtown. Yeah, we're a block off Main Street. Yeah, yeah. And um, you know, we, we we made the bars all handcrafted from local wood and barrels. Um, you know, you walk in, you're in the brewery. Mm-hmm. I mean, we don't have a ton of space, so when you walk in, you, the first thing you see is a whole lot of barrels, brew kettles and barrels yeah. and everything, man. And yeah, we wanted folks to feel like they, you know, that they weren't a nice little tap room. They were actually in the brewery when they're drinking. So, so. and what type of vibe have you gotten people? Because you've been open a little bit over a year, right? Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah, we've had a great reaction from the local community. Um, like tonight's open mic night, you probably hear music in the background. Right. You know, we have a huge wealth of local talent that comes out every week and plays their hearts out. You know, everybody has a great time and enjoys the beer. Man, speaking of great beer, this Starberry Farmhouse, this is magnificent, man. Well, thank you. No BS, man. This is magnificent. Tell us about this beer, please. Um, this beer is a... I would call it a dark golden saison. A mm-hmm. brute this. I love the color on it too, man. Oh yeah, because this looks like it has strawberry in it. You know? Oh yeah, yeah. The strawberry. Or like a red beer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, so this was uh, locally malted rye from. Uh, why is the name? Riverbend Malt House, some wheat for a malt house, Pilsner malt, a little bit of caramel Munich, mm. and then you know fermented that in a barrel. And then blended in about 200 pounds of local strawberries between two wine barrels from a grower just up the road from us. Oh, nice. 
So yeah, nice. we brewed this. You know, we put the strawberries in back in April. Oh my! And I don't know if you've ever familiar with strawberries, but it ain't yeah. easy. No, that's a lot of work, man. Because <laughs> there's a lot of phases where you think it's all gone wrong, <laughs> but it all comes out in the oh, wash. Yeah, right? yeah, you just gotta let it age out. Because I mean, eventually, you know, first it tastes like you know a big mouthful of dirt, oh. and then it tastes like vinyl pool liner is the yeast is working <laughs> all those esters and flavors from the strawberries, mm. and then you end up with this beautiful big strawberry note. And this beer ain't for the faint of heart either. I mean, nice little seven point two percent ABV, right? Well, this is actually a touch lighter. I think it's about six two. Oh, six two. Excuse me. Yeah, yeah. yeah well, so it's like it's at such above, slightly above session block. Yeah, mm-hmm. just a touch above. Yeah, just a touch enough, but it gives a nice yeah, feel, I mean, it's, man. It's nice and sour, huge berry flavor, and it's not overly sour either. Like it's just a, it's because I'll be honest, like. Sours aren't high on my favorite list. Okay, I know. I'm sorry, man. That's I mean, all right. for hey, me, hey, there's a beer for everybody. Out for there, me, so. okay. So it's it's brown ales, porters, strong ales, stouts, barrel aged stouts. Those are my favorites. But I like IPAs and I like beer. Like if yeah. it's fermented, I'll I'll drink it. But this this sour here, I think it's because the strawberry is still sweet and tart. It mm. feels like I said. It feels like a strawberry. It just has a really smooth feel. The look on the beer is good. This is well done, man. Yeah, we don't really want the fruit to be a side note. We want the fruit to be front and center when we use the fruit because we're using this beautiful local fruit and trying to, and trying to capture it in the beer. So mm-hmm. we want the fruit to be front and center when we do these. So how many different fruited styles are you doing, man? I'm looking at the 18-mile um, red cherry. Yeah, the, on the 18-mile red, that's our Flanders base. Ooh, uh, um, I good Flanders. It's a pretty uh, traditional Flanders base to start out. Um, we sour that with a native strain of lactobacillus we collected from prickly pears locally. Oh, nice. Um, but then we've, we've aged that beer on... Um, Cherries, raspberries, strawberries, uh, blueberries, blackberries, peaches, mulberries. Oh my! So he's like hit the oh farmers yeah. market. And oh yeah! Just, well yeah, it's go ham, man. Yeah, I like it. Because, I mean, this the, the sour beer just tastes beautifully well, with fruit, and we have so much fruit here most of the year. It's, you got to use you it. You know what? I, I'm really glad you did it because, like, I, I feel like this is a taste of the South, you know? because oh, yeah. We're look, definitely trying to capture a taste of Anderson, South Carolina. Because, sure. I mean, the West Coast beers are going to be hoppy because, I mean, that's where hops grow. I mean, the East Coast, when you get the Northeast IPA, yeah. it's going to be cloudy, hazy. There really isn't a true Southern style of beer. I mean, maybe something lighter. Well, I think these fruited sours are starting to become. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. I mean... Yeah. I like our it. beer, yeah. I like it though. I mean, I I'm glad you guys are doing this. So hey, listen, Southern Brewers, get on, get get your sour game up, get your fruity <laughs> game up. Because I mean, because that could be like what the South is known for with beer, and I think that's important to have something your region kind of does that is unique to your region. Oh yeah, and I mean, like I said, we will always be unique to this region because because of nature of the ingredients we use. Mm. And so. Is that intentional, like being being hyper local? Oh yeah, like that's that? always yeah. Being hyper local has always been our focus. Um, you know, I'd love it if I'd get more malts locally. I, you know, I'd love to see more hops locally. You know, so I could use some of those and things. It's starting to happen. We can get small amounts, but I'd like to get like you know the amounts I'm buying from the West Coast mm-hmm. from the East Coast. Nice, and that's I mean that's things where as you grow and you develop. I tell you where another place where you can always grow and develop here on Beard is. My name's Tobias Wilborn, and I am here at the Carolina Barnhouse. Sipping and really enjoying some of these electable beers from this fine brewer, my man Keiston Helfrich. And he has a glorious beard, too, man. I mean, it's like Jacob's beard. And he <laughs> well, just I think runs the- kind of has to have a beard. I don't know. Yeah, so it, I think it's probably like, like law number two <laughs> of the brewer's manual, right? I yeah. mean, but no, but this guy, man, is really, really dedicated to the game. So, what's it like coming in every day knowing that this is your profession now? 
you know, it's a lot of hard. It's a lot of hard work. Oh yeah, every day. I mean, I don't think anybody knows entirely how much cleaning goes into this right. on a daily basis. But I mean, I love every minute of it. It's one of the few jobs I look forward to. Forward to coming in to every day, which I could never say I don't work behind a desk. And that's awesome. I mean, you come in. And you're grinding. You're, you're like so. What what's a day like for you? Like when what time you start? What time you get out of here? Um, usually you know start about eight eight thirty in the morning. You know, to, uh, sort of figure out what's on tap for the day. Whether we're brewing, uh, blending, processing fruit, packaging, just kind of dictates how the day goes. So, you know, usually we'll wrap up. Hopefully by the time the tap room opens at four. Some days you don't. Nice. <laughs> and it's interesting because like you guys just seem to have a different vibe. So. The state of South Carolina, like, how is it working in this state? Because, I mean, it's still three-tier, but you guys don't really do a lot of distribution. So, how does it kind of work for we, you we guys? We do some distribution throughout the state, but, I mean, we're mainly, uh, most of our production is still sold on-site. Okay. So, what, what's the percentage on-site and what's the off-site? If- um, we're doing about, right now, we're doing a little under 20% off-site. And that's so where can people find your stuff? Like, um, that's a good question. I never know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, you can usually find us at Barley's in Greenville. Um, Shout out to Barley's. Yeah. You, always, you can always find bottles at uh, Beer Exchange, Community Tab, mm-hmm. um, Beer Station up in Seneca. Okay. Uh, lots of places in the upstate. And then we're also, um, we're a few places in Charleston. Um, Homegrown Brew House is one that comes to mind. Nice. Um, we've had stuff at House of Brews. And you guys have a website, too. Yeah, we do have a website. Tell us your website. Tell us yeah. your Twitter and all that yeah, good stuff. Yeah, website is uh, carolinabarnhouse.com. Twitter is Barnhouse Ales. Uh, Facebook's Carolina Barnhouse. And so you can always hit their Facebook and their Twitter. They're really fun on there. They're interactive. They'll get back with you. And, oh, yeah, we try to. And if, yeah, like I said, if you can't, Know what a beer is. They'll tell you. They'll give you an idea. Yeah, if we and know, we don't always know where it ends up. So, so who do you guys distribute with? <laughs> uh, we use Carolina Beer Company in the Upstate okay. and Bear Island for the State. Oh, nice. Okay, so you guys have a little bit of South Carolina footprint. Mm-hmm. I mean, what's the goal for this place? Like in the next five years, where do you see yourself? Um, I honestly hope we're still right here doing what we're doing. Just more of it. More of it. Um, I like I'd like it. to have a little bigger footprint. Through, I mean, we don't want to be. We don't want to be anything more but but in the southeast you know mm-hmm. ultimately want to be in south carolina north carolina georgia tennessee and i really don't see us going much further than the states that border us but, but driving distance from yeah, here right? driving right. distance from here so yeah. you know I, I don't i don't want to be a hundred percent full-time production brewer because that's not fun right, you know, right. like to experiment so but, would you go bigger on the system i mean because like if you're talking about the oh yeah, yeah 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 we'd have i mean three barrels yeah it wouldn't be sustainable right uh, you know we'd have to move up to a bigger system but you know then sourcing fruit becomes more problematic keep, keep it all local so i mean uh, we'll probably always be pretty small just because of the nature of how we do things right i mean because you like i said because you guys want to be able to brew this wild exotic stuff and yeah. you know if you're brewing that on a 30 barrel brew house that's a lot of peaches and strawberries. You oh, get yeah, old I mean, we, we spend Not weeks. that you can't get it, no, but... Yeah, but yeah, I mean, we spend weeks processing fruit in the in the summer, so, you know, on a bigger scale, that just becomes monumental. Well, I mean, but, hey, but, if, but if you're making the money, you know, you can hire more people, and you can hire more True, processes. true, but I mean, there's... <laughs> I know, I it's a balance. There's a certain size of sustainable where it's... The headaches are small, and, uh, you know, it's still fun to come in every day. I think if, if, I, if we got big enough where I had a point where I just sit behind a desk... You know, running things, I wouldn't be as happy. As so, you're, you know. but you, so basically, I like having my hands and everything. You want, you want to get your hands dirty? Oh, every absolutely, day. yeah. And that's interesting. And I think that's the thing that you know, I've been fortunate doing this show for a year now, and I've met brewers, biggest can be, and I've met the smallest of the small, and everything in between. And the goals are always interesting. I like the fact that you're like, hey, you know what? 
I want to brew some fun shit. I want to brew really cool beer. And I know in order to brew really cool beer, it means I can't have so many investors. It means I can't have so many people with their hands in the pot because I want to actually be able to make the beer. Right. So yeah, I like I that. I don't want to sell an idea to a committee. I just want to make it and see, right. see what happens. So. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. But if it does, yeah. then... I mean, so. so far, we've only had a couple of beers that haven't worked. So, so tell me about one that you <laughs> thought was going to work that didn't work. Um... Usually they never get that far. Oh, because you can tell by. Yeah, yeah. If I, if I feel it's going wrong, I got no problem dumping beer. Right. You know, better to dump it for. Oh yeah, because a bad again a bad beer is just it, it's not good. Mm-hmm. So. So we I usually catch those and pull the valve and dump it down the drain before it gets to to us serving it to anybody. Which again, because we're on a smaller system, it's a lot easier to dump ninety gallons of beer than it is to dump. <laughs> Well, I mean, it's a batch. Be it ninety gallons, be it thirty barrels, it's still a batch of beer. It's it's a big investment in time. It and is, money, it so. is. But I mean, it's still just I, I, the mind's eye of seeing that much beer. Oh yeah, it's painful going. to watch. It's yeah. I mean, I shut a tear every time I. Oh out, my gosh! Again, it's it's better than living with the beer I don't like. Right, and that's fair. I mean, and I appreciate that dedication to the customers. So, well, two things. One, let's talk about this beer that I'm having now. Your Belgian Strong Dark. Okay. That is Prince of the Dark Corner. It's a Bel- Belgian Dark Strong style ale. Right. Um, we ferment and age that in almost specifically Dark Corner bourbon barrels. Mm-hmm. That's what, how it got its name. Right, yeah, Dark yeah. Corner's a, a distillery over in Greenville. That makes, so shout out to them. Yep. They make some nice bourbons and whiskeys, and you know we've been fortunate enough to get a lot of their barrels. Nice. And that's the other thing, too, about the game now, because I remember when I, when I first started home brewing, and we wanted to do our first barrel aged beer. It was a sweet potato stout. Okay. And we barrel aged it. Um, came out really good, by the way. And we literally drove up to Maker's Mart. We called them. Yeah. <laughs> called called them up. Yeah. <laughs> well, two of us were. Um, <laughs> well, I, well, I'm an ambassador, and two of my other friends are Maker's Mart ambassadors. Okay. So we had a you know person to call. We called literally called. Hey, one of the other makers. Um, and they answered. They got us who we, who we needed to talk to. It's about eight years ago. And they said, okay. I mean, I was like, well, you can only take one barrel per person. I was like, well, can we bring four people? They're like, yeah, but that's all you can take. Okay, just four, yeah. Just four. Wow. I was like, okay, well, how much do we owe you? They're like, well, we have to charge you. I was like, okay, that's fine. Guess what the price was? Oh, I didn't want to know. Ten dollars. Oh my gosh, ten dollars a barrel. And so they were like, yeah, well, they're like, well, we legally <laughs> well, have to change so yeah. They're like, they're, they're like, we legally have to charge you. Yeah, something for yeah, something. Yeah, it's like, okay, yeah. well, they just like ten dollars. It's like, okay. <laughs> and so we drove up. Um, my buddy had a F three fifty, and so the four of us we just hopped in the cab, and we knew that we enough room to put the barrels. Yeah. And so then we get up there, and we actually meet with um, one of the main. Um, Distillers, so and you know, you know, obviously you're familiar with bourbon, right? Oh yeah. So you know what gives bourbon its color is mm-hmm. being in the barrel. So we actually met Sullivan, yeah, yeah, the charred oak, the Sullivan. So we met the Sullivan distiller, the guy who actually does the distilling, and so they actually walked us, gave us a VIP tour, and showed us our barrels, and we took them, and then they gave us like some crazy bottles. Well, that's great. Yeah, they're like, well, since we had to charge you. Yeah, they made, yeah, they feel bad. They so, felt yeah. bad, and they gave us, like, <laughs> some crazy age stuff that didn't get sold. But now, you try to get a barrel from somewhere now, it is nearly impossible oh, or yeah. really hard. I mean, even if you want to pay money, they're hard to get right now. <laughs> right. And so, like, how do you deal with that being a place that does so much barrel aging? Um, well, I mean, the nice part is, is we can use the barrels about four times for the flavor that's in them, and yeah. they become neutral oak. Mm-hmm. 
So, you know, once we inoculate them with whatever yeast strains to inoculate them with, once we're through with the wine character in there, we just have a nice neutralic vessel with right. our yeast in there, rare and ready to go. Okay. So you can still kind of play with that. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. We, I mean like, for Prince of the Dark Corner, that beer is like we'll do two turns of it in a barrel. Mm-hmm. And then we'll, you know, we just treat it as neutral oak after that. Nice. So, I mean, and that's the thing. I, you have to get creative. We're getting these barrels and you oh, yeah. how you so yeah you got a big barrel of steel to get barrels these right. days. It's, so summer, you better do yeah. it right when you put it in a barrel. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You can't screw up once it goes in a barrel. And so from there, what's coming next for the? I guess we're. By the way, we're in the south, guys. So winter is relative here. Yeah, I mean it was seventy degrees on Christmas. So I mean, winter's sure. relative. Yeah, we'll have a little bit of winter coming in January, I'm sure. Oh yeah, yeah, you get a little bit, a little bit in February. Then oh, by yeah. March, it'll be yeah, we'll eighty be back degrees. In the 80s, yeah. So what's coming for? <laughs> January, February. Um, January, February. We've got a lot of those fruits we took advantage of over the summer coming ready. So um, we've got two sour bottle releases scheduled for January. First one is going to be January 14th. Mm. That's a beer called Jupiter Gold, a collaboration we did with uh, Freehouse Brewery in Charleston. Yeah. Um, so we took a pull of their sour yeast bacteria from their sour tank, um, put it in three Cabernet barrels. Nice. Added our own golden sour ale to that. Um, we brewed that beer just after Christmas last year. So, um, oh my gosh! So neat. it's been about ten months in those barrels before we added local Jupiter grapes, which is a, a red skin table grape, but it almost tastes like a wine grape. So Ooh. we aged that beer on about two hundred and fifty pounds of those grapes. Oh my! That's gonna be fun. Oh yeah! Jeez, I'm excited for that, man. I'm gonna have to come back up here to, yeah. for that bottle release, man. And I'll let people know about that. Um, how many bottles are you doing for that release? Uh, that release is, I think, gonna be around 750 bottles. Nice. And how much are they gonna be? Uh, Twenty dollars piece for 750. And so, you guys, listen. You don't get those kind of prices for that type of labor of a beer too often, man. So come support these guys. Come support these guys. Show them some love because they're putting a lot of energy into their beers. And they're not charging you guys very much for it. <laughs> I'm telling you, if you go to some of these bigger breweries and they brew a beer with that much labor, you're going to be paying 45 bucks for that bottle. Well, well you know, we, we, we want to get the beer out there into people's hands. Yeah, so, get people to know. try it. Yeah. So then it goes up. Okay, I see how you roll. I see how you roll, <laughs> well, Hopefully not. Hopefully we can keep the prices level. But. Right, right, right. So it's like, you have me like Pookie over here. It's calling <laughs> me. I'm looking for it. <laughs> Well, what you got? Where's the sour, man? Oh, yeah. We're trying <laughs> but, to get him hooked on the sour, that's for sure. Nah, man, Um, I got a buddy of mine who will really appreciate this, man. So, real quick, before we wrap up here, again, let people know where they can find you, how they can find you, and just what they should be expecting for the next year as far right. as um, coming out. Again, we're Carolina Barnhouse. You can find us at carolinabarnhouse.com on the internet, uh, Barnhouse Sales on Facebook, uh, excuse me, Twitter, Carolina Barnhouse on Facebook, and we make rustic refined native fermented ales. Um, again, uh, we're starting sour releases up in January. January 14th is our first sour beer release of the year, Jupiter Gold, a golden sour ale aged on Jupiter grapes, and then um, more beers should follow every two to three weeks after that for the foreseeable future. Hey, check these guys out if you're in the Carolinas or if you have a trade partner in the Carolinas. Because we have a lot of beer traders who listen. Okay. Check them out and tell your trade partner to go look for these beers. Guys, thank you so much for listening each and every week. Here it is. Here it is. We're out.